Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 2, Episode 16, I think. Josh Horowitz and I talk about a thrilling Week 6, including the big HCC showdown at Brownsburg. After the break, we talk about uh, three storylines over the last three weeks since he's been on the podcast. Let's hit it. I'm here with Josh Horowitz. Well, we're in the same undisclosed, we're in the same city in central Indiana, but we're at different points because that's how you record on Zoom. I'm we in had, an undisclosed location. Yes, two separate undisclosed locations in the same area code, maybe. Does yours end with a two or a three? It ends with a two. Okay, same, same zip code rather, not area code. Uh, we had a... It, just, it, gets, it gets more exciting every week. So we are going to recap the sixth week. Uh, next week will be the seventh week. And then I, we may, maybe we'll redo the numbers, I don't know, for the tournament. So Colin Altavote, Josh Horowitz on the Indiana Runner podcast. Let's fly through some of these early meets, but we want to give some recognition um, to some of the things we saw around the state. The Pike Central Invite. Jasper boys state meet uh, likely team, not a lock right now. State meet likely. They won with 45 points over castle castle solid and uh, was without one of their top runners. I had heard Jasper star Abe Ekman wins in 15 49. We know he's very, very good. He was all state last year. He ran some really good times in the track season. The South Knox girls, just one of those programs. Don't know why, but just kind of seemed to have an eye on them. And they beat a shorthanded Jasper team who ran without their number one runner, 56 to 62. Zavery Wiseman of Pike Central was the winner in 1912. You're a Southern Indiana guy, kind of. You're Southern Indiana transplant, or are you a, are you a Central Indiana transplant in Southern Indiana? Um, I am. I'm now in Southern Indiana, yeah. like living. Well, not currently, but normally. You're a transplant. You're from yeah. central Indiana. You yeah. now live in, in southern Indiana, yeah. but you're not currently there. You're in my zip code. Uh, anything stick out there for you? Just the two Jasper teams. Um, like you said, they're both likely state meet teams. Um, so just showing that that's where they should belong. And a, and a solid a solid run by Castle. To finish second without one of their top top two guys, I, you know, would that have made the difference? I don't, I don't know. It's is Castle potentially the, these Evansville schools are just so tucked away and we, we don't see them very often that, um, you know, that, that could be one where the stat site, the stats may not be super accurate on them because they're just so far removed from the rest of the state. Right. Mid state conference. This is kind of like uh, the South side of Indy um, Perry Meridian boys. Man, they've been solid. They've really improved from last year. This is just a good team. Uh, not a threat to make it out of the Shelbyville semi-state. Uh, potentially in the future could be. They won with 33 points. I think they won by close to 50 points. The Franklin girls, 46 to 52 in a close meet over Plainfield. And uh, Lauren Clem, a sophomore from Franklin, won in 1920. You may have a little more on this next one. The Ted Fox invite at Bedford North Lawrence. Uh, Northview boys, 
39 points to Bloomington North, 57. North ran without their number one runner, but it wouldn't have made a difference in the team score. Their fifth scored fewer than 18 points. So even if the number one runner uh, races and finishes first, it's not going to shift those team places. Bloomington North actually tied Floyd, who also had 57, three likely state meet teams there. Northview senior Nolan White. I think he may be a move in. I think he may have gone to an area school last year. He was at Terre Haute North. Okay. So that, that is, that is uh, bolstered their ranks. Certainly at Northview uh, an important win I put because it came over a host of potential all state runners. He ran 1625. What do you make of Northview boys beating Bloomington North by a margin that, uh, negates the fact that uh, Norse number one didn't run. Yeah, like you said, even with Bloomington North not having their number one, um, it's still, you put them in there, still would have been close. Well, and as you probably did the calculation, like you said, they still would have beaten them. Um, I think it actually tells more of a story about Northview and how getting uh, Jason Grant back, he, w- he was out for a couple of weeks, getting him back shows their top three right now is one of the strongest top threes I'm in the state and definitely in Southern Indiana. And I think Bloomington North pack, they have a great pack, but as we've kind of talked about um, on and off, they just, they're missing that one true front runner could really propel them come the tournament. Yeah. And I, I think that we talked about this on an earlier podcast. Now, you know, this is a podcast about high school athletics, right? And so we're not going to speculate as to why someone is or isn't running um, and even with information that we might have, for instance, for our own teams, obviously we're not going to disclose certain things about uh, high school kids as to, as to why a, a boy or a girl is competing, isn't competing, isn't racing up to a certain level, is running. I mean, we're not going to talk about that. That wouldn't be appropriate. But both Sim and his sister sat out a couple meets, and then they both came back at the same time. So um, and, and ran at a really high level. And those are two really, really important athletes that the top runners are close to the top runners on their, their kind of state meet level team, state locks, I would say state meet locks. Um, I guess for, I guess for, for Bloomington North too, one thing for them, they have in the past, I know they did it a couple of times this season already where they're, they kind of pack run earlier in the races and it, it, we, we don't know. I mean, I, I know they're the closest school to my school, but we don't know their strategy every week. So that that's also a possibility. Yeah. No, they've had meets where they pack ran the whole meet. And that's uh, we've Scott and I have talked about that. You and I have probably talked about it maybe later on after the break that that's uh, I don't want to, I don't want to tip my team strategy, but uh, it's not, those are not bad tactics. You were on <laughs> some teams in high school where, those, those tactics were employed successfully. It's a good winning strategy. I'll just say that. On the girls' side, uh, Northview girls scored 15 points. It's not a lot. In fact, that is the minimum. The Floyd Central girls were there, but it looks like they ran their JV. Um, and then we talked about, you know, what do you make of the Northview? The Northview boys beating the Bloomington North boys, and it sounds like you think the story is more about Northview, more positive for Northview than it is maybe disappointing for Bloomington North. And those, yep. those are teams that will see each other, same regional, right? So same yep. regional, same, same semi-state, same state meet. Yep. The MIC at Ben Davis, the Metropolitan Interscholastic Conference. Carmel Boys, 25, shout out. Center Grove Boys, 42. North Central Boys, 81. 
two likely state meet teams and another contender in that uh, group. Cole Matisson with the win, shout out 15-22. Center Grove uh, junior Parker Mimbella outkicks Carmel's Charlie Schumann, shout out for second. Uh, Mimbella runs 15-37. Charlie ran 15-39. Closer in the girls' race, Carmel, shout out. Without our number one, without uh, the team's number one, she was on a visit to Northwestern University. Ever heard of it? Yeah. Yeah. I have. That's, that's where she went. Carmel scores 31 points. North Central scores 33 points. Um, obviously, we could do the math that, you know, if, if Carmel's number one runs, that's, that's going to uh, change those team scores. But not by much. 31 to 33 is essentially a dual meet score. I think there was only one or two runners that got into the um, into the mix of either of those team scores. North Central did get five in before Carmel's five. Uh, Jasmine Klopstead, a junior from Carmel, wins 18-28. Her teammate, Jamie Clavon, 18-48. What do you make of the North Central girls, even with all my couching of, of lineups and stuff? What do you make of the North Central girls being so close to Carmel? Uh, I think it makes them a podium contender as I think you and Scott and even Taylor probably talked about a lot in the past couple of weeks. And we've got to say that just 20 minutes uh, before we started recording, INCC stats did update and right. it does have North central as the third best rating this week. Um, so it, it kind of proves how, how they ran. The numbers are a little off, which I think we can talk about. Do you think the, you know, most of the courses that were ran this week were pretty muddy, pretty wet still. So mm -hmm. do you think those, those course affects the ratings, even though it does even out kind of at the end, how, how do you kind of view, view that part of it? It evens out. And this is something I think we can get into a little bit on the, in the break in, in my experience dating back to, you know, when you were in high school, I think that we've got a big drop in temperature. So most of these races happened and it was under 60 degrees. So pretty close to ideal conditions. You know, I'm, coaches were wearing long sleeves, sweatshirts, jackets while the races were going on. In my experience, the weather conditions help more than poor footing hurts. Do you remember your senior year when we went down to Louisville to the Trinity invite? Do you remember how muddy that course was? Yeah. And, but all of our guys still ran really, really fast times because we just happened to catch the one weekend in Northern Kentucky slash Southern Indiana in September when it was like 52 degrees or whatever it was. And I just, I remember, you know, Ben ran 1525 and Bobby and Ben ran like 1539. And I think all, all our top five guy, did you, you run under 16 minutes at that one? I, I was fit. This is what I was getting ready to say because that was always my favorite course, always my PR course. And then it rained. I, I went 16 flat as our okay. fifth guy. And that was like your best time or close to your best time. And certainly if it hadn't rained, it rained all night the night before. And if it hadn't done that, I think those guys probably were another eight to 10 seconds faster, right? You were probably in a perfect ideal race. Got our high set, our low set, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, 15.52 makes sense. For Ben, 15.18 as a sophomore makes sense. That um, 
it, it was worse, I think, around the state than it was then because it rained so hard Wednesday, and then it rained throughout most of Indiana, you know, between 4 o'clock a.m. and 9 o'clock. Uh, but the drop in temperature, I think, helps more. Yeah. And so, and so that to the point, I know that was a long tangent, but North Central, like I said, had the third best rating. So, you know, no matter, you know, what the number is, like everyone had kind of those conditions. Right, right. So. And it, it all, it all flushes out. Now, I think in a race like the Mick, where there's only eight teams and to put it diplomatically, there's only three two to three potential state meet teams that the ratings can get skewed when there's only in terms of like top 200 or top 300 individual, there's, there's only like 15 of those 16, 20 of those in those races. So, and then a lot of the ratings come through from guys or girls in the JV, but that's happened after the course has already been torn up. So, yeah. And just um, in general, like with these conference meets, there's there's only eight teams in the mix right yeah and it's only run seven right so the the smaller meets a low stick isn't as impactful and like carmel they have three low sticks well two today and so the gap between you know carmel's one north central's one carmel's two north central's two is just smaller than it would be in a bigger meet yeah and certainly i mean i i don't think you look at this today and be like north central might be carmel at the state oh definitely right but like North Central's was pretty close. And yeah, they, they, they strengthened their case, I think, as a podium team. I'm not taking a victory lap on this, but I have been calling them a potential podium team for, for quite a while. So I'm not, I'm not trotting around the track yet, but I've at least checked with the security guard if I'm allowed to, to jog over there. That's fair. New Haven invite. I, I do not have word yet. Maybe I'll text Derek. He would know. I do not have word whether this happened on the old New Haven semi-state course at IPFW or if it happened on the new New Haven semi-state course um, in, at Huntington. Columbus North boys, 56 points. They ran without their usual number two runner, who was their number one runner last week, and that's Matt Newell, likely All-Stater. He was All-State the past two years. The Goshen boys, a very likely – don't lock it in. Goshen boys, lock, click. Uh, for the state meet, they scored 95. So a pretty comfortable win there from the dogs. The Goshen duo, Drew Hogan, 16.04, Cole Johnston, 16.06. And they both beat Reese Kilbarger Stump, who ran 16.08. You see any pictures or videos from this meet, Josh? Yeah, I did. I was trying to figure out. I, I couldn't recognize because we we were at the New Haven meet in past years. I couldn't I couldn't recognize a couple spots, but they was pretty muddy. So it, even it looked was, really torn up yeah, in certain areas. Yeah. And so when you I see couldn't those even winning times from yeah. from some of those guys that yeah I, I don't well you know what INCC stats is updated so we could do a quick perusal here and mind the boys nope on the girls switch over to the boys great radio here New Haven invite was minus twenty one so it ran thirty seconds slower than the Mick and twenty seven seconds slower than the HCC. That's that's pretty substantial. Yeah. Cole, uh, actually, let's switch, uh, go back to the New Haven invite. Uh, the Carroll girls, 64. Penn girls, 76. Homestead, 85. Those are all likely teams from that New Haven semi-state. 
And uh, I will take a victory lap on this. Addison Wiley of Huntington North, 1844. She beats Addison Knobloch of Homestead, who ran 1849. Just in time, too, because the, the uh, Addie Wiley fan club, our ice cream social, is going to be here before you know it. Julie Smith of Penn, a close third, 1856. And then you got to go almost a minute back to Addison Lindsay. So three of the top four. Addison's team. Addison, you almost, you almost well. had the Addison sweep, but yeah. even though it was a minute off of third. Well, we'll, we'll get into your team, Lily, pretty soon here. Um, Carol girl still waiting for a missing score. Again, we're not going to speculate, but we are at least going to note the absence there. Uh, that, that to me seems the difference between being a podium team and not. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're right in the thick of it. And it's funny because Scott even had mentioned, that I had mentioned that we didn't talk about Carol much, but we're starting to, and they're starting to put everyone together. Um, but it doesn't seem like they've still had the one race where everyone's there, but they are putting with the runners that are there, they're putting themselves in the podium conversation. Yeah. And I'm, as I said, the North central girls seem to strengthen their case as a, as a potential podium team. And this is in college football, right? The rankings, the talk, none of that matters. There's right. no playoffs. There's nothing like we're going to settle this on the course over about three weekends in October. Um, I'm not sure that Carol's performance today necessarily strengthened their case. Uh, and in fact, Carol girls today were behind uh, Carmel, Noblesville, North Central, Westfield, Hamilton, Southeastern, Northview, and Avon Center Grove girls didn't run. So the eighth best performance today, and even their adjusted performance only moves them up to sixth. So um we'll we'll see as 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 the that's in the conversation few weeks go sure sure uh culver invite much smaller in terms of indiana contingents but a bunch of -of out-of-state teams were at the top but the number one team did you see the results from this it's my so no i wrote down the top indiana boys team number one team in in indiana in that open division was garen so multiple victory laps I'm, I'm walking the whole way. Everybody knows I'm a big Garen goon. Go Garen. And uh, we, we being Garen, the top team at Culver uh, this weekend. Uh, on the girls' side, Lily Cridge wins in 17-17, and she's so, she's so good. She's having such an incredible season that I, I just kind of saw that and wasn't, you know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. 17-17. I, I, I just saw the time on your notes. And you're right. You're you're kind of numb to the the oh yep. she just broke seventeen twenty at Culver on probably a muddier course. Right, so. uh, later in the day when it had gotten a chance yeah. to warm. I mean, it never got too warm today, but gotten a chance to warm up. Yeah, uh, it's she's entered that kind of Tucker Smith territory, the the shot putter from Columbus North. Mm-hmm. That the the all the talk going into the state meet was maybe he would throw over seventy feet. And he only threw like 67 feet, but it was a state meet. It was still a state meet record. record and we're just like, no, oh, okay, cool. Uh, Bloomington North girls, top Indiana team. Uh, they were just ahead of Warsaw. Both of those two are likely state meet teams. Yep. Yeah, not not too much else. I, I do miss the Culver invite. I, that was one of, my, one of my favorite courses to run. Also, a funny it's, thing to note, this weekend, four of the meets that we've talked about I've either coached or ran at. I just thought that was kind of funny that I've, I've got spread so much uh, over the course of my few years. Cause I ran at Culver and Mick and then coached at New Haven in past years and coached at Ted Fox. So 
I, until they changed the New Haven semi-state, I, I fancied myself as one of the only people that had actually seen all four semi-state courses. Cause we used to go to New Prairie when I was in high school. Uh, the New Haven semi-state was on that IPFW course. I'd seen it. I think it might've changed since I had been in high school, but um, you know, I'd gone and I'd gone to some practices in college and stuff when my dad and Derek were the coach. So I'd seen all four of them. Now I, now I have not. Our meet of the week, the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. Scott Lidskin and I had a big preview podcast of this. The Hamilton Southeastern boys uh, bounced back from finishing second at Flash Rock, and they beat Crosstown rival Fishers 63-69. to 69. Zionsville boys with an impressive showing. They had 84. Uh, Noblesville, 106. And then Franklin Central and Westfield. This may be the most interesting part of the team scores. Those two tied with 126 points. That gave FC the nod because they had the, the superior sixth runner. And I think those could be the that could be the last qualifying spot out of this Indianapolis semi-state. Yeah, and funny enough that they're in the same conference. I mean, they were fighting for fifth and sixth in the conference and like I said, could be fighting for the last spot uh, in the semi-state. Yeah, so if we if we go through the that Central Indiana semi-state, Carmel, Center Grove, Zionsville, Noblesville, um, Burbuff would be five, and then it could it could be those those two yeah. teams, right? North Central's in there. Yeah, Franklin Central, um, North Central, and Westfield would be the other the other teams if you have Burbuff in your top six Garen Garen Brownsburg don't, don't sleep on Garen we're out here we're in these streets the streets of Hamilton County um as I'm going through here just seeing how these teams compared from today based on INCC stats projections as we're looking at those last kind of few spots uh Franklin Central 292, Westfield 302, and North Central 380. So, so quite a gap there. And Garen actually is ahead of North Central on that, but Garen's got a bit of a gap to Westfield and Franklin Central. Um, that would then be assuming that that Burbuff would would be in the mix there. On the individual aspect of the meet. Hamilton Southeastern senior Nolan Satterfield. He was in the top 10 last year at the state meet. It appears to be a very likely all-stater. He ran 15-36. He beat Westfield senior Kai Connor by 10 seconds, another likely all-stater. Six total boys under 16 minutes on a course, on a, a day with ideal conditions, but the course was a little sloppy, I'd imagine. Um, it rated as plus six. The Mick rated as plus nine. Those are two pretty similar courses. Ben Davis and, and Brownsburg. Uh, for the girls, Noblesville girls, huge win, 43 points. Westfield girls continued their strong season, but were really never in the mix to win. 72, so 29 back. And actually, Noblesville ran without their number two runner. Uh, Hamilton Southeastern girls were third with 85. Avon girls, 93. Franklin Central girls, potentially a state meet team, but it looks like they're probably gonna have to beat Avon to get in there, depending on Zionsville. 
Um, and then Zionsville girls ran shorthanded and they finished sixth. Zionsville has some noticeable absence among the top of their lineup. And it's not when it happens in repeated weeks, that's, that's what makes it notable. Yeah. If they're, if they're truly um, like, again, we don't want to speculate what we don't really know, but like you said, if, if you have top runners that miss multiple weeks, then it, it means they could be hurt, could be injured a little bit. Um, and they're a team that's right now ranked in the top five on, you know, all, all, all the rankings that are out there. And um, if, if they want to have that success, then obviously they, they just need to be healthy. So. Noblesville's missing runner. This was her first missed race of the season. Uh, but yeah, and, and a really strong showing I, I thought by the HSE girls Now the HSE girls are, a much more likely state meet team because they're, they're going through that different semi-state that makes it a lot. Their path makes it a lot easier. Right. Avon's Jessica Hegedus uh, wins 18, 27 Hamilton Southeastern Maggie powers, 18, 30. Any kind of overarching thoughts from that meet? I mean, that is by far the strongest conference in Indiana and really one of the just strongest meets in, in the whole regular season. Yeah, I thought I thought Noblesville was actually really impressive. And I, I think we've been impressed with them a lot of the season, but I think they showed even even stronger today than they've been for, for an already really strong team. Like I'm I'm this close to to putting the click in the lock for for the podium if we oh, haven't already. Oh <laughs> way too early. Way too early. Too early. No, Noblesville's uh, team rating 186. They're adjusted rating 172. Now that's actually their adjusted rating. Then I'm going to throw out that uh, that 4K, which is still factoring in here. Mm -hmm. That's that's their third highest of five meets with with uh, the adjusted rating of 172. So I think they ran a really really good meet, um, but I'm I'm not ready to lock them in. I'm not even okay. close. Okay. I think, not, I, I, I think there's two complete. podium locks for the girls, and I think it's Carmel and Columbus North. At this point, at this point, I would I would say yes. I would agree with that. Let's get into our teams of the week. And uh, you know what? It's my podcast. I'll do whatever I want. So if you got complaints about how biased it is, find me at the next meet and tell me. I, I've been getting people to come up to me at the meets, shout out, and they've been saying that they enjoy the podcast. And I'm like, Thanks. Glad, glad you like it. It's what, it's what we're putting it out there yeah. for, right? Uh, boys the team of, of the Indiana week. Ryan. Exactly. Boys team of the week. This was the number one Indiana team at Culver Invitational in the Open, the big school division. Garen, boys team of the week. Garen's coach, uh, you can – Send me a T-shirt at your own leisure. I actually, I actually, he has one of my T-shirts. I have to get from him, so we can we can do a little there like, you go. triangle well, exchange. We're right, we're right there in this undisclosed location. <laughs> we can ride our bikes over right now. Uh, girls' team of the week. They man, they got they got close to pulling a pretty big upset at the Mick, and those are the North Central girls, a possible podium team. It's crowded at the top of that girls' yes. uh, state meet. So congratulations, Garen boys, North Central girls. Let's no argument from me on the teams of the week. You know it.
Gear up for cross country at Three Rivers Running Company. Whether you're just getting into the sport or you're a veteran on your way to another championship, we have everything you need to make this your best season yet. Come visit us today at 4039 North Clinton in Fort Wayne. Indiana Runner thanks Three Rivers Running Company for sponsoring the podcast. And we're back. So after the break, I think we kind of have three rotating guests most of the time. Taylor, Taylor's thing is uh, semi-state, reviewing the semi-states. Uh, I don't know if Scott and I have a thing, but you and I, we do kind of like thoughts, three thoughts, three storylines. So let's, uh, we are five weeks away from the state meet today. We're one week away from that kind of state preview Laverne night meet plus you know some scattered conference meets at Marion County meet so I'm going to be short with mine we'll talk maybe more about yours a little more in depth I'm willing to take follow-up questions on mine but uh what's your first storyline your first thought yeah first storyline uh over over the past three or four weeks I, I don't know if you had said that just since we did the last one um the it's been boys- three weeks right it's been yeah, it's been three weeks since three I weeks of so three thoughts each. Perfect. One per it doesn't week. have to be one per week, but <laughs> three, you had three in one week, zero in the other week. <laughs> so first storyline uh, for me, the boys individuals. So I, I think it's fair to say we were talking about the girl, how elite the girls side was at the top, and we, I mean, we knew that that we had elite guys on the boys side. But there have now been four boys that have run under 15 minutes this year. And if you asked me going into the season how many I thought would have broken 15 minutes, I probably would have told you two. That um, sounds right. I, does that sound fair? Yes. So the fact that four have done it is, I, I won't say surprising because obviously, you know, guys improve, guys pop times. But do you know the last time that Indiana had four guys break 15 in the same season? 1985 not that long ago 2010 and the four were uh okay yeah the four were footsome chris walden john mascari and uh chase lowry so i think what's most notable about the fact that four guys have run under 15 minutes are the conditions and the courses on which they have done so and three of them did it last week. Now, a, a couple of guys, had, two guys have done it multiple times. And those would probably be the two guys you would have thought coming into the season. But the three guys did it last week on a minus rating. And then, you know, two guys did it at the Brown County meet. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense because Brown County can be a really, really fast course and you can get on there and it hasn't rained for three weeks but the temperature dips and it's 55 but it wasn't like that I mean it was it was like plus 12 or plus 14 or whatever but it wasn't the plus 35 that we sometimes see when people break 15 like usually yeah and that's one of my storylines later on is like we haven't gotten we haven't gotten these perfect races yet today the sun comes out and it's 55 at most of the state but it rained for 36 hours straight in the middle of the week. 
And just when it's starting to clear up and everything's good, it pours for another four or five hours overnight. And these races start before it's, you know, before it's um, the, the sun has come out to dry it up. So that's what's incredible to me. And right. when you look around the, the area, the region, the Midwest, most of the best kids and the best teams are from Indiana. It's, it's proving that this year. Ho hopefully we get to see uh, all the Indiana teams and individuals at least compete. I know, I, I don't know how new or old this news is about Nike, but. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's certainly disappointing for, for a year where we could have had, for the first time, I think we could have had multiple Indiana boys teams going or multiple Indiana girls teams going. We've never had, you know, Columbus North has made it, Carmel has made it. Uh, to Nike Nationals, but we've never had two in the same year, and this feels like, man, this could have been, this could have been the year we could have sent two boys teams, or three. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. So but the boys or the individuals on the boys side just becoming even more elite as the season has gone on. Yeah, certainly seems to have been exceeding expectations, and I, and I think a big part is the top two guys are as good or maybe even better than we would have thought, but we didn't expect some of these other guys to, to be that close. And that, that can make for a really, really exciting state meet. What's your first storyline? August is not October. It's not? It's not. Oh, okay. August Wait. is not October. Do I need to check the calendar to make sure? Yeah, sure. You got your phone out. Can you yeah. confirm? Uh, let's see. August. Oh, yeah. August is not October. Yep. So things look, things look a lot different. Things will look a lot different in October than they did in August. And I think, I, I don't know why it is this year, but that seems to be magnified. August is not October. I agree. We're not going to say that in August. In August, we want to cover what's happening then, but yeah. it's, it's, it's not always linear. What's your next thing? Uh, second storyline. We've talked a lot about it already, um, but the, so the girls podium is part of it. Uh, we have a top, clear top two. Then there's the next like seven to eight teams. The one thing I wanted to mention with this was I, I would think about a 200 rating is, is going to put you in the conversation that like fifth, sixth at the state meet. Yes. And that has historically been the case. Yeah. And so the top, take out the top two, the next seven to eight teams all have had a rating this season at like 210 or better. All, all the teams from, from three to 10 have at some point in the season had a rating around 210 or better. Um, so I'm not saying all those teams are, you know, podium teams, but at least three, four, five of them are significant contenders um, just around that 200 rating. And just for reference, the last four years, the fifth place team, their ratings have been 208, 190, 190, 184. What was it last year? I feel like last year was super high, wasn't it? Last was it, year was 208. For fifth place? For fifth. That was like yeah. 250 something. Maybe I'm confusing. I'm, I must be confusing the team rating with the score. The, yeah, I was looking at the team rating. Yeah, so trying, yeah. I, that must be, in my mind, This the, I've, I've flipped those two. Yeah, it seems super close. And it's there's so many teams this year, it feels like capable of doing it. But it's all about, I mean, that, that kind of goes with my last point, which is August is not October. And some of the teams that may have been running really, really well in um, 
late August that they may look a lot different seven, six, seven, eight weeks later. Right. And I think that the state meet is going to favor teams that were more patient with their training and did more aerobic type oxygen delivery type training because your scores on a girls team at the state meet are going to be running between 19 and 20 minutes. And the, the other point I had in this, this kind of second storyline was that uh, five of the top seven teams on uh, INCC stats on the girl side are all from Shelbyville. Um, here's my, I always like over-unders, as you know, we've done a few already this season. Over-under, three and a half Shelbyville girls teams on the podium. Under. Okay. I think that either Chesterton or Valparaiso will get in there. Or Chesterton, Valparaiso, or Floyd, will one of the three of those get in there to make it only three Shelbyville semi-state teams? I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick one, which I don't, but I'll do anyways, I'm going to pick Chesterton. That'd be my guess. So to be four to go over and before you'd have to get Carmel, Noblesville, Zionsville, Westfield, or North Central. You got to get four of them on there after yeah. Columbus North. Yes. So, and Carmel, Columbus North could flip, but three, four, and five would have to be all of them. It's, it's feasible, but. And Carol, Carol could get into because they're not in the central Indiana semi. I'm a little cooler on Carol's chances. Based on the uncertainty, I think. Uh, next storyline: We can't seem to get a perfect weekend. I want a perfect weekend, yeah. a perfect especially because th- things are ending now. For for r- races are ending for for these kids not on the tournament roster that aren't going to run in the tournament, and you know we've gone to from 12 to 18 on the tournament roster this year, I think it's even like unlimited again because of COVID, but like, so we can run, you know, potentially you could run seven different kids in the sectional and the regional. So that's 14, but man, I I'd like for these kids to get a perfect weekend and we got the weather this time, but we, we didn't necessarily get the footing. Even at Ben Davis, the course was in, better shape than I would have thought, but there were certainly some, some muddy spots in that, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how much that cost the boys or the girls exactly, but it was a decent amount. Yeah. It's like, we haven't had a perfect weekend. There's been things good about each one. And then we're just, another point is like, even if we do get a perfect weekend, it's now going to be tournament races most likely. So maybe teams not necessarily trying to run that. Well, right. Yeah, training uh, through, yes. uh, instructing their kids not to run as hard as they can, yeah. running kids that aren't necessarily in their top seven. And most importantly, you're limited to seven. So right when the weather gets good and these kids that have been running in, you know, 100% humidity in June and July before school started or after school in 80 degrees, like just when it starts to get more enjoyable and, and easier to run fast. That's it. We're just down to these last. And, and a lot of the good teams, I think, keep a lot of kids around to keep training and find 
things for them to do. And there's even some JV meets the week of the sectional and things like that. But yeah, right when the weather breaks, we're, we don't have that many kids racing 5,000 meters. Right. All right. What's your last, uh, what's your last point? All right. Last storyline. This has been a pretty popular topic uh, amongst, I think, coach conversation and even maybe throughout the message boards, um, kind of double-sided. So just talking about meat strategies, in, whether it's in race or the strategy, not necessarily a strategy, but uh, more of a long-term strategy of resting your top runners in meets. So talking about the meat strategies in race, we've, you know, we've heard about some teams maybe tempoing in, in races um, or just maybe pack running a little farther back. And I guess I question to you, what do you make of certain meat strategies that have been thrown out there? I, when you're trying to look through the stats, right, that makes it tougher. So if you're doing a controlled race and your kids are running a minute slower than they would if they ran all out, that, you know, that, that's going to, that's going to lower your team. That's going to lower a team's rating on INCC stats. So if we look at a team such as, you know, we, we know more or less that the Chesterton girls did that on at least one occasion, right? Yeah. And so Chesterton's odds to finish at the top five of the state meet are 6.3%. Well, that's not, I, I know I always say that's too low. Like that's not even close. Um, and so, well, I, I guess I would say like that, I'm, I'm assuming their coach doesn't, care about their stats rating well and why would you they, right why right, would you? right and so that that's i guess part of this is like coaches have whatever their strategy is and they obviously are going to go with their best um, bet for their team and again they don't care about the stats rating so that's just right. how it's going to look for for us on on incc stats but they they right. know what they want for their teams and then so and, same with the the resting runners right well and then the you know, the, if the question is a coaching question in terms of resting kids, not having them run the race versus having them run and not run all out. I, this is just a philosophical thing. I would never have a kid run a race and tell them not to run all out. Now, is it possible that a kid runs a race and uh, doesn't run as well as he could if he was in a highly competitive race because he's winning or it's just a smaller meet and it's more spread out. Yeah, of course it is. But I philosophically, I would never tell a kid to run a race and not, and take it easy and not run as hard as he could or right. he or she, but I, I coach the boys. Right. And then last point about the resting is it just, it seems like more and more teams are going the route of taking a week off with their top seven, which is just interesting. It's kind of just a change of the times. Yeah. And I, we don't know in particular, and I don't, I don't do a lot of digging or asking about this, but I wonder, there seems to be a lot more of it this year than last year. And there also just seem to be more injuries, more, more injuries and less availability than there was in 2020, which is interesting because that came at the end of 
that long quarantine period where we didn't have practice for four months and um, we didn't, we didn't have a whole track season. So I, you know, what are the lessons that, what are the lessons from the pandemic, from the quarantine period? I don't have a good answer for that yet, but I have noticed that there are more, there's more injuries and less availability than there was last year. And I don't know how that compares to 2015 or 2005 or, or whatever, but that does. That's seem what to I was kind of comparing to is it like, I, I don't remember many teams resting there. Like I know, I know we did, like, I know I sat and meet one weekend, but I don't remember many teams resting their entire top, top sevens, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question as to, and, and I, we had thought about doing it with the Carmel boys last weekend at Flash Rock that like, well, we, they could, you know, maybe we could do more stuff with our training and kind of less psychological pressure on them, self-imposed pressure on them with this big meet coming up or whatever. And ultimately we decided like, this is actually kind of a young team. And if not an age in terms of experience and varsity experience, and they could just use the experience. And I'm certainly glad that, that we did that, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I would just say in terms of the sport in general, I think it's better for the sport that if your kids aren't going to run as hard as they can, that they not run, but I'm also not going to tell another coach his or her business so exactly every like i said every, like I said earlier every coach has like what they want for their teams and if right. and if and most most of us have kind of a long-term goal for you know what our teams can do and if and i think that's another another reason like if sitting out yeah. one meet means you're gonna think you're gonna do better you know semi-state state whatever it is then that's that's what you'll do it is what drives me crazy about the sectional round though that it's this useless round of the tournament everybody that's taking it seriously for the most part makes it through and there's just so much you look through the results and you're just like what how did he run 1730 i yeah i but i also i also coach a school where we could just tell our seven best boys that the other guys got it and that gives those guys a chance to run because there's 160 kids on the team at the peak. So I, I understand that that's, this is an ivory tower situation to, to an extent. Mm -hmm. All right. Your third storyline. The, the more things seem to change, the more they seem to stay the same. That sounds familiar. It is. I'm just looking around at it. Uh, the landscape right now of the state and it's just like this is what we thought in august but august is in october and as we get closer to october it's like this looks familiar this looks familiar is that is, is that as general as you're going to be or as specific as you're going to be i mean you can ask me follow-up questions if you want but it looks familiar do you think the audience wants to hear? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You let, If you got any other questions, let me know. But I don't have any other questions. It looks familiar. It looks familiar to me. 
You got a miscellaneous minute? Anything you want to talk about? Um, I couldn't think of really anything. Do you have something? No, not really. Football, you know, football's going. Basketball's starting pretty soon. Do you watch golf at all? What? God, no. Does anyone watch that? Yeah. Well, the Ryder Cup is this weekend. It's oh actually a pretty gosh. big thing in golf. <laughs> I remember being a kid, and my my dad had a small family. He had, you know, one sister. And, you know, we'd go over to my grandparents' house, but all of the relatives on my dad's side lived to be into their, like, 80s and 90s. And so we'd go over to these family gatherings. It'd be me and my sister and then, you know, my parents and then all of these older people. So, like, my grandparents were alive and their parents were alive, and that's who'd be at my grandparents' house on family events or whatever. And they'd always watch golf. So you have something in common with my great grandparents. Just well, there, there we go. <laughs> I do. It's fun. It's like it's a fun tournament. But what am I? I'm a cross country person. I uh, that just likes a bunch of different sports. <laughs> I called a Colts win last week and they lost. So are you doubling down? No, I'm calling for a Colts loss this weekend. <laughs> Got my fingers crossed. You you you, you want to lose your pick this week? That's, that's that's an emotional hedge right there i oh my gosh oh when i was a kid the colts were good <sighs> they'll come back they just they need a quarterback right <laughs> healthy a, a healthy quarterback you know what though like okay so i'm a fan you know fan of the colts it's not going very well fan of the pacers we'll see but fan of garen man we them boys got it done this weekend that that's your most successful team right now. So one, yeah, one of three, Garrett in, including your own team. Yeah, your, your own team's doing pretty pretty well. Well, we weren't team of the week though, were we? No, no. <laughs> that was for Garen. Yep. All right. Hey, cool man. Anything you're you're looking forward to this next week? I mean, other than obviously the Nike, what's it called? Nike Twilight, Nike Valley Twilight. Yeah, Nike Valley Twilight. Um, no, I obviously looking forward to that, uh, being back under the lights. We didn't get to be under the lights last year for whatever reason. Um, but And then, obviously, we're less than two weeks away now from sectional. It's pretty crazy. The silly season, the sectional. <laughs> yes, the, the beginning, the official, well, yeah, the official beginning of our tournament. Right, but the sectional is like eating your vegetables. Like, all right, you, we got to do it. Like, just hold your nose and. We'll be at the regional pretty soon. Just excited for the postseason. Yep. Two more Can't weeks. wait. All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. We'll see thanks you with me. more storylines in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. See you Saturday. I I will be. Well, it'll be hard. I'll bring a flashlight. Yes. Then you'll yes. see me. All right. Thanks, Josh.